The Adventures of Randon Rockseeker, Episode 16. After Grohl hit the floor, I got myself over to Gundren. I took stock of his condition. He were unconscious, but stable, doing be praised. I said a prayer and let the holy power flow through me and into me cousin. After a short time, Gundren began to stir and open his eyes. Brandon? Is it really you? He asked. I, I replied, but I could no get another word past the lump in me throat. What, 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 what happened? He said. Lois come over and said, What do you remember? Gundren sat up and put his back to a wall. I were no going to let him stand yet. Sildar and I were ambushed just outside of Fandolin, he began. Sildar! His eyes shot open. Fear not, Gundren, said Lewis. We found him, albeit a little worse for the wear, but we got him to Fandolin. Gundren breathed a deep sigh of relief. Oh, thank Timora. He fought valiantly, but there were just too many of them. Goblins and bugbears, they came out of everywhere. They killed the horses, and then they laid their filthy hands on me, put a foul-smelling bag on my head, and hit me hard on the skull. When I came to, Grohl was laughing about how much gold he was going to make on me and my map. He beat me up regularly. This morning he was talking to a drow from the Black Spider, who was sent to pay Grohl for his services. Just then, Virgil let out a squeak and said, Oh, uh, what happened to the Black Elf? We all turned our attention on the halfling and the drow's body. Only the body had changed. No longer did it have the smooth ebon skin and elf features. What lay on the floor was now... Long and gray and hideous. We all turned our heads to Berrien and let the unspoken question hang in the air. Berrien examined the body for a while and then it said, I'm fairly sure that this was a doppelganger, though I'd know better if Randon had not destroyed the creature's head. Do doppelganger? asked Virgil. Berrien answered, They are shapeshifters and can take the form of almost anything or anyone. Neat trick, said Garland. By this time, Gundren had regained his strength somewhat, or at least enough to stand, and he was rooting through Grohl's bed. He came up with a stitched leather bag and dumped the contents on the table. There was some coin, a few potions, and a rolled-up parchment. Gundren went right for the parchment. He unrolled it and said, Thank Timora. On the parchment were a map leading to Wave Echo Cave. 
I think we had best get ourselves to a safer place, said Lois. We need to take stock and formulate a plan. We have to find this black spider and put an end to his plans. I promise you will all be well rewarded, said Gundren. I knew I chose the right people to help me in this venture. We gingerly made our way back through the ruin, and we came to the eating hall to find Droop and his companions had been busy. Laid out on the floor were no fewer than three hobgoblins. Droop, said Garland. How did you manage this? Droop came over to us. His arm was hanging at an odd angle. Droop and friends laid trap, and it almost worked. Until last one. He was hard, but we won. The others all cheered. But it cost us. Droop looked to the corner of the room where four goblins lay still. Droop, said Garland, I'm so proud of you. You led your friends, and you were all very brave. You look hurt, though. Randon, can you please help our friends? My mouth fell open when I realized what Garland were asking. I said, you're joking me, right? You want me to use the holy power of Martham or Dewan on, 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 on our friends, Garland finished for me. Yes. Never before had I used my spiritual gift on such creatures. I stood there for a long time, and then I closed my eyes in prayer. I asked me God for a small sign to help me make this decision, and then I heard, Droop doesn't want Holy Claret to do something he doesn't want to do. Droop and friends will be okay. That settled it. I drew in the holy power, spoke a prayer, sending healing energy into Droop and five of his companions. After about ten minutes, the prayer was over, and Droop's arm was working properly again, and the others were looking much better. I turned to Gundren and said, Do not tell me ma. The cousin smiled and said, Not one word. Then he added a wink. Lewis and Garland were talking to Droop for a bit. And then Lewis said, Droop says that the castle has been cleared of all the creatures who worked for Grohl. Garland suggested we let Droop and the goblins have the ruin as their home. Me face must have said what I were thinking, because Garland said, It was either that or bring them all with us. To which I answered, no, 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 letting them have this place is a much better idea. Now can we get out of here? Garland smiled and looked a question at Lewis, who said, Yes, indeed, we shall. I think it best if we head back to Fandron to recuperate and plan. So we left Droop and the goblins in charge of Kragma Castle, which they renamed Goblin Castle. Not very imaginative but they were happy. 
On our journey, we filled Gundren in on what we had been up to since we saw him last in his study. A dragon? He said. You, you faced a green dragon and lived to tell about it? I'm astounded. We shared what we knew about the black spider, which wasn't much, and Gundren didn't know much more. His main question was why. Why did this person want to find the delve? None of us had an answer to that. When we returned to Fandlin, we made for Alderleaf Farm, where we were greeted warmly by Kaline and Carp. We were, of course, fed wonderfully and put to work doing some jobs around the farm. They were good to do some hard work that didn't involve fighting. In the evening, Lewis, Garland, and Gundren poured over the map to Wave Echo Cave. Varian and I sat at the table with them, enjoying some libations. I broke out the bottle of malt that Killeen had given me and shared it freely. I figured by now we'd all we had all earned it. Virgil spent her time telling the carp about what had happened since we last saw the lad. The wee halfling sat mesmerized by the tale. I paid half attention, just enough to know that Virgil downplayed how important she had been in the adventures. So I piped up. Oi, lad, I'd be thinking that your cousin there has left out a few important details. Carp looked confused. What do you mean, Uncle Ran? The boy had taken to the nickname he gave me, something I'd never had before, so who are I to stop him? Well, lad, I'm sure she has her own reasons, so all I'll tell you is that without her, and he pointed me thick dwarf finger at Virgil, we, none of us, would be here now. She's the hero here. To which Berrien said, I completely agree, Randon. Each of us had heroic moments, but without Virgil, I'm certain we would all have perished. Virgil blushed the deepest red I'd ever seen someone turn. Carp's eyes went wider if that were possible, and at that moment I knew his cousin had just become his personal hero. The rest of the evening were spent in discussion, rest, and the bottle of malt disappeared. Well, at least the contents did. We all went to our beds content and ready to face the next part of our search for Wave Echo Cave. We arose at dawn, and after a hearty breakfast, each of us donned our armor and equipment for our trip. Wave Echo Cave, or 15 miles east of Fandlin, nestled in the deep valleys of the Sword Mountains. We left Gundren in Killeen's able care. He never was much of an adventurer. Oddly enough, it felt good to be traveling again, so the journey were not a burden. It were not long before we were standing at the long-lost entrance to Wave Echo Cave and the site of Fandelver's Pact with the Forge of Spells. The entrance were a narrow tunnel that if we didn't know what to look for, we would have assumed it were just a crack in the wall of the valley. 
After a brief moment and a deep breath, Lois let us in. The narrow opening led to a sixty-foot-long tunnel. We had to walk in single file, Lewis leading, then myself, Barian, Virgil, and Garland took up the rear guard. The tunnel gave way to a large cavern supported by a single natural pillar of rock. There were some stalagmites growing from the floor. We searched the cavern, and behind the main pillar were a stash of supplies. There were three bedrolls, sacks of flour, bags of salt, casks of salty pork. Oh, salty pork. Uh, sorry. Lanterns, flasks of lamp oil, picks, shovels, and some other exploring gear. However, amid all these were a body of a dwarf miner. My heart sunk, and I ran to the body. When I rolled it over, I saw the lifeless face of me cousin Thardin. Do you know this dwarf? asked Lewis. Aye, I replied, as I closed his open eyes. He were me cousin, Thardin by name he were. I said a brief prayer and gave Thardin's spirit to his god. When I stood up, I noticed Thardin was wearing an odd pair of boots. They were not miner's boots, to be sure. So I asked Barian, what do you make of these? Barian squatted on his heels and touched the boots. They're definitely magical, but what their properties are I cannot know without further investigation. Well then, I said, let's be having them. They may well prove useful. I gently pulled Thardin's boots off his corpse and replaced them with me own. I put on the boots, and at first nothing happened, apart from them being the most comfortable boots I had ever worn. Well, I said, now I have yet another reason to meet this black spider. Let's be off. <laughs>